This is the Disciple Makers Podcast. The following audio comes from the National Disciple Making Forum by Discipleship.org. The theme was Disciple Maker, and Lionshare hosted a track called The Holy Spirit and Transformation. In fact, that's where the recorded audio for today's episode came from. Dave Beering led this track for Lionshare's team, and he has written a great four-page summary of his core teaching on transformation. This PDF is called The Process of Transformation, and it's available for free through discipleship.org. Make sure to go online and download this free PDF at discipleship.org slash lionshare. That's lionshare, L-I-O-N-S-H-A-R-E, discipleship.org slash lionshare. And now for the track session. Good afternoon, everybody. So this is always a hard session right after lunch and while you're eating lunch, right? Because you're, you're full. So uh, instead of me just talking, we're going to have an entire group up here in just a little bit. And so uh, what I want to do is kind of tease out what we're about to talk about in our small group setting. So um, I don't want to assume that you've been with us in our track uh, of Holy Spirit and transformation. So I want to kind of give you a glimpse of what we've been talking about in our track before we get to the small group demonstration. And so one of the things that we're going to be demonstrating today is a resource that we've created at Lionshare uh, entitled a Discipleship Journey. I've been using a Discipleship Journey uh, really before it became a Discipleship Journey in workbook form. Uh, I met Dave Buring at a camp where I was a youth pastor where I brought all of my students to come and uh, uh, basically for an intensive week of discipleship to sit under Dave and his teaching. And as a youth pastor, I was just, oh my goodness, I've never been discipled like this before. And so he had a manual entitled Acts Alive, and, and a lot of what a discipleship journey has become was uh, out of that uh, manual for students, and then we put some meat on it. Um, and so I just want to tell you, to set up where we're going in this conversation, what it is that we kind of talk, when we say this resource that we've used, I just want you to know that ADJ is scripturally sound. It's always the workbook that's here, and this is my workbook that's a little bit uh, sun-torn uh, here, um, and George, who I discipled, he discipled me in making sure that I get rings on it, so it's easily to turn and then like this, right? Thanks, George. Um, but uh, the, the idea behind this is that you have your scriptures open right beside this. Your nose in the scriptures. I always say, guys, the point is in the parentheses. And the scriptures and the way that it's laid out in this particular manual is laid, uh, the scriptures are in the parentheses, designed for every person who goes through this to look up the scriptures uh, that's right beside the point that's laid out in a very nice way. Um, but it's, proven, it's been used by many groups across the world at this point, translated into Spanish, translated into German, um, and also here the standard uh, English and the process, and I'm going to get into this in just a little bit, revelation, obedience, transformation, and it's very practical. The thing that I love about it as a pastor is it brings these deep theological, sometimes confusing, into these, oh, that was, okay, I get it now. Um, very, very um, simple truths 
that people can digest and then it gives you language for these very deep uh, things that could be confusing. So very practical. And uh, one of the things that we do in a weekly format, 12 different chapters broken down into then, if you think about a chapter a month, then we break it down into four uh, per chapter. So you're doing one per week and it takes you 48 weeks. And for me, it's not about getting through the curriculum. It's not about getting through this workbook. This is about relationships. And so I have found, as I disciple the way that we all desire to disciple through relationships, is sometimes this workbook is really a guide for us that's going to take me somewhere sometimes 18 to 2 years with people in relationship. And so uh, we have a web platform that we use that has videos to coincide with each of the particular sessions. And uh, it builds this inner framework that people can grow from. And um, it's easy contextualized. So sometimes I, what I see in churches, so being a pastor, is you've got men's ministry, women's ministry, you've got uh, young adult ministry, student ministry, you've got kids ministry. What I love about this and what I love in our church is that women are using this, men are using this, millennials are using this, students are using this, and I love it. And we've been pushing it uh, in that way, easily contextualized. And this, this is for an every follower of Jesus. So you'll see that the first chapter in here is essentially what we would call foundational discipleship. That every Christian, brand new follower of Jesus needs to know. And so we're knowing God together. Who is God? That, that seems like it would be so basic. Well, absolutely. You want to take every person so that we're getting on the same page all together. And then we work into the harder stuff uh, together about spiritual warfare. Um, so let me show you this here. He, here are the themes that this group has gone through, will go through. All right. So you've got knowing God, a call to discipleship, the grace of God, the cross, hearing God's voice. So Dave's uh, session earlier today, four weeks broken down on that particular issue in here, hearing God's voice. The disciplines of the disciple, relationships, spiritual warfare, the church and acts, advancing the kingdom, passion, uh, purpose, passion and gifts, and then making disciples. And so um, there's 12 chapters, one per month. For 48 weeks and here's how I tell my guys so when I in particular I disciple uh, a lot of guys and some of my uh, the guys that have been in discipleship journey with me um, I've just basically said guys let's put in the time like we were athletes right we, we, we need to exercise we need to lift we need to get cardio in we need so let's put that type of work into this. so every day I want you digging into this, teaching a bit of a quiet time, teaching them that it takes, it's not just, okay, the night before we gather in a small group that you're going to see here, I'm going to go blowing through this curriculum. No, little nuggets every day getting into the Word uh, of God. And then I can watch a 12 to 15 minute video that Dave has put out with each of these sessions. And what that does for me, just as pastor, as a person who's discipling, then I I don't have to be the answer person, right? Because sometimes when you're discipling, you become the answer person, and everybody's looking at you, do you have the answers? And often, when I realize that God has this whole thing rigged, that I'm actually growing as a discipler 
when George asks me a question that I don't know the answer to, and there's a bit where, because we're working through this workbook together, that I can say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but let's find out together. And then we, we can explore that together. And there's a bit where then I can call Dave if I'm stuck, right? Because he discipled me. And so, okay, let me, let me ask somebody else. Let's explore this uh, together. And the one thing that we do, and, and I think that this is probably, if you've been tracking with us in our sessions, the one thing that we feel like we bring to the table in discipleship is just we boil it down to two questions. And if you've been hearing Dave talk about this revelation, obedience, transformation, is here's how we would disciple. So I'm going to get this group up here. You're going to see us do this. And I'm going to ask two questions, essentially. Number one, in your reading that you've done for this week from the Word of God, going through this manual, is here's the first question. And you'll see it. What did the Holy Spirit reveal to you? What was the one thing? that really jumped off of the pages of Scripture and into your heart? What did the Holy Spirit just kind of whisper, kind of nudge you a little bit? What's that one thing? And then the second question of discipleship is, okay, how are you going to obey that? What's the one thing that you're going to do? What do you feel like the Lord is telling you to do with that? An action step, and that is discipleship. Teaching a person to obey uh, Jesus. So, but if, if that's all we did and we were to just approach this as just a manual, then we, it would just be information, right? So here's, here's kind of where we've been in this track is that uh, there's, there's five different components that we would see coming out of a pattern of Matthew that we see Jesus do is that there's a commitment to scriptural truth. That's getting people into the word. Absolutely. Teaching truth. In a context of community, which you're going to see up here in just a little bit, I do all of my um, discipleship at a place called Eaton Park in Pittsburgh. Okay, this is just a, a chain, and I've been doing it in that particular place. For me, it's a bit of a holy place. Uh, I, I love that. I used to do it at King's, um, and now King shut down, so I, my holy place switched uh, over to Eaton Park, uh, right across the street. But in a context of community, always surrounded with people in my life, not just at Eaton Park, but also, as Heather was saying, getting them into my house. Showing them what does it mean to be a parent. If I'm discipling some guys who I was just on a text thread with today, I have two guys that just got engaged, and they've been watching my marriage. They've been watching my marriage for a long time now. A guy who has been married is about ready to get, you know, to have kids. He's been watching how I parent my girls. I have three daughters. And, um, and so that's, it's a big deal. They've been watching me because they've been up close. They've been around my fire pit. They, you know, they've been in my life in a context of community. So here's where then, I, this is where the question comes in, a culture of obeying Jesus. This is often where that transfer, so if we have a bunch of information, right, a commitment to spiritual truth, what might be lacking is the fact that we're not obeying it. So discipleship is helping a culture. The, the thing that most people do most of the time is that they would obey what Jesus revealed to them in their personal study. And it's just a simple question. What are you going to do to obey that? And then I help hold them accountable. And you'll see how we do that in this. And then a charge to reproduce. I don't start one of the... Here's how I start. And you can ask the guys that, you know, is, okay, guys, we're going to start this, but I want you to constantly be thinking about your two. 
the two that you're going to eventually. Well, I don't, I don't have two now. Well, you don't have to have them now. We have an 18-month journey ahead of us. And if you start praying for your two that you're going to disciple in the future, tell me that God's not going to answer that prayer. God, who do you want me to disciple? And eventually, if your eyes are open, He's going to bring people uh, around you. So, a, a charge to reproduce. And at the center of all of this is the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we got nothing. Right? Without the Spirit of Jesus guiding and directing, like, listen, we're, we got nothing. We, we shouldn't be doing this uh, at that point. So, uh, the process of transformation. We've been teaching uh, in this particular track, so I don't want to assume, this might be repeat for some of you, uh, but I don't want to assume that uh, all of you know this, is that... Have you been discipling people and, you know, maybe there's kids uh, that, that you uh, have been raising and you wish that they would just be transformed. You wish that you could make decisions for them, right? You wish that you could just reach into their heart and be able to make a couple decisions in their life knowing that later on they would be good, right? Some of you are giggling uh, it's because you, you know that this is true. Well, we can't transform anybody's life. I can't. I can't make decisions for you. Only the Holy Spirit can transform a person's life. And then, on the front end of this, as we study the Scriptures, as we are around in community and we're learning, God will reveal truth to us, right? If you've been hearing Dave, it's, you know, revelation is this parting of the curtains of, I didn't see that before, and now I see it. God has revealed this to me. Right? So on the, on the ends here, we've got this is what the Holy Spirit can do. We can't do that. We can't get revelation on our own. We can have a whole bunch of information, but revelation can only happen through the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's His job. We have a job to do in discipleship and as disciples ourselves is to obey what God has already revealed. And that's when transformation takes place. Right? So my job as the discipler is to help a person know how to obey. My job as a disciple is to obey what God has revealed, not negotiate what it is that he's revealed. That's, right. that's what we often try to do, right? So we want to disciple people towards obedience, and that's when transformation happens. And here's how we at LionShare, this is how we get people to figure out obedience. So what did the Holy Spirit reveal to you? How are you going to obey this in your life? And so, it's essentially that simple. So, we're going to demonstrate this. And I have, um, I've asked my small group, my discipleship group, to come ready as we are now, we, we're four uh, sessions into this. So, we're four chapters in through the workbook, and we're now starting chapter five. So in the way that I sort of hang out, right, I, I have a time and a place that everybody is supposed to be at. I don't want them to be late, right, because in my particular style, if you're late, then that means you don't respect the people in your group, okay? So I'm discipling them even in things like that to say five minutes early is on time. So make sure that you get to my home or to Eaton Park or to wherever it is on time. So I'm going to ask that everybody was on time. So well done, my small group. And so I'm going to ask them to come forward now. This is some of the lion's share team that I've asked to be with us today. I'm going to shut this down and we're just going to begin uh, to demonstrate this. So in the way that, the way that I uh, have walked through uh, with particular guys uh, at... 
uh, my church in, in my neighborhood. Uh, basically, what would have happened? So think about this. Try to get this in context uh, here. George, good. Okay. George is late. Yeah, George is late. Car problems again. Yeah, that's right. Um, is that, so think about this. We've been together as a small group, uh, as a discipleship group, uh, for what, what would that be then? 16, possibly 20 weeks. The way that I sort of love to start these discipleship groups is that we all kind of share hey, this is kind of who I am, this is where I'm coming from, and we kind of share stories a little bit. We hang out before we say, okay, are you going to commit to this? All right? So I, um, we, we've already been, let's call it 20 weeks together. We already really know each other. We, we come together, maybe let's call it we're at my home. And we're, we're doing some just around the kitchen counters together. We're just, you know, hanging out. And so, Heather, how are you? Tell, tell a group how everybody, anything going on that's new in the last couple of days. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, been at this conference all about discipleship. So Sweet. been learning a lot and meeting a lot of cool people. Um, some crazy stuff going on back at work. Um, so I'm just going to need some prayer for discernment and clarity on that. But otherwise, really good. Mm. So it's, it's a good chapter to be on because... Right. Yeah. Sonia, what about you? Um, yesterday was my birthday. Hey. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks for remembering, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of our friends were here for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for praying for the talk I gave yesterday. Um, I don't know. I, it ended up way more emotional for me than I expected. So I don't know why. I'm still kind of processing that. Like maybe there's some, I don't know, there's still some stuff there that I need to work through. Yeah. Um, but I've been asking for people for a lot of prayer for this week because we had our lion share board meeting. It was at my house. I had to cook. I had to clean. I have two house guests. Um, and then we had this big conference. And so it's just been a, a stressful time. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Looking forward to you know, <laughs> just, so yeah, looking, it's gonna be less stressful. So you're looking for Tim to get out of your house. <laughs> yeah. Like you're yeah, that's good. That's good. Jody, what about you? Yeah, things are going well. I would. Um, this week has been really great. Also, I was at a conference as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shocker. Um, yeah, I've been able to hike a lot. This is my favorite season, so just mm. getting outside and enjoying the outdoors has been really great. Um, I I have a lot of friends that are walking through some really, really hard things um, in their life right now, and so just trying to find space to um, figure out how to navigate that with them. So. Yeah. Well, I, I saw some stuff on social media. So are you, according to Daniel last night, are you a later Graham, or are you like in the moment? Instagram? No, I'm a later Graham. You're a later Graham. Okay. Old soul. Gotcha. Old soul. Old school. Old soul. There you go. Good. Tim, what about you? It's been a great week on vacation in Nashville, and uh, had a good three-day, three, two and a half day spiritual, personal spiritual retreat. So enjoyed that, and then coming into the Lion's Share board meeting, and um, and into this conference, and. Um, just this chapter five really helped me in my spiritual retreat this weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, um, and then have a busy week coming up. We're moving offices. Our offices are going to another office building. So um, it's going to be a kind of a little busy week. All right. Yeah. George, what about you? Boy, there's a lot going on in my world. 
<laughs> Speaking of moving, as you know, um, we're, we're in the process of purchasing and building a home, and we sold our house um, last week. So we are actually houseless. <laughs> so um, it's kind of neat traveling to and staying in a hotel here and then going back to Pittsburgh and staying in another hotel. <laughs> well, I hear Sonia's got a room <laughs> after this week if you need. So, uh, yeah, just we yeah. live in that environment. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. So we, I would spend in my particular discipleship group, um, you know, chumming it up for a while, for about 15, 20 minutes. So that the relational connection, if, if you think about some folks that might be new to this process, the way that I love to describe this sometimes, and this is how I'm going to do this, sometimes I'm going to call a timeout. So I'm in a timeout right now. Uh, so just imagine that we're around the you know, counter, timeout. And so what I think this does is you're connecting with people relationally. Uh, if people are coming in like this, right, and there's things that are on their heart and their mind and, oh, man, they're probably going to ask about this or, and they might be coming in with their arms crossed and, and they don't want to expose their heart, right? What this does is it, it sort of opens people up. We're, we're laughing, we're creating jokes and, you know, kind of as the disciple or facilitator, I'm trying to, to make some things funny if I know that there's some th serious stuff going on because I've been touching base with people. I know each of their stories that they're coming into this particular week. And what I think this time does for 15, 20 minutes, here's what it does. Watch this. It just, it exposes the heart to what the Holy Spirit wants to land in conversation about what it is that we've all done together uh, in the particular week. So I, I think that there's this relational component to it. Don't just get right into, okay, it's business time, right? We've got, we got to cover what God, you know, in this particular curriculum, you know, we got to get... Sometimes what I've seen happen in these particular, uh, you know, opening times is somebody reveals something of this is going on in my life. And here's what we got to do, right? Because this is all about relationships. The curriculum needs to just be put aside. And we need to, we don't, we don't necessarily want them to steal the whole group, but sometimes what that might do is cause everybody to kind of come close together and now we're praying for, we're coming alongside that person. That's also discipleship. So when, when you hear us talking about going through something like this, not just this, but any resource, Discipleship is not about curriculum. It's a guide, yes. But sometimes there's a need to put this down when you realize what, what's going on here. So here's what I've asked them to do. They've already come prepared. They've already watched Dave Buring's video uh, in their pocket, you know, on their you know, device, um, on their own. They've watched that. They've read through uh, this particular chapter um, Chapter 5, the first part uh, of this particular chapter on hearing the voice uh, of God. So they are to come prepared, and you know this if you've been discipling people. You know if they've prepared or not, right? You can just tell if somebody's just showing up and they blew through the curriculum the night before. And as a discipler, my antennas need to be up as to who did that. And not in front of the group, but on the side. Dude, did you just read that last night? Because I could tell. It's not like lodging into your heart. I could tell that you're not marinating on this. You, you microwaved it last night. 
right? So that this group has now come, chapter one uh, or chapter five of this, hearing the voice of God, and now we begin to have a conversation that, you know, maybe I turn the conversation. Okay, guys, so here's the thing. So time back in, all right? So uh, we're on chapter five this week, you guys, and uh, it's on hearing the voice of God. And um, I, I know that for me sometimes that uh, this can be a bit, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's me, you know, if it's bad pizza the night before, or if it's actually God. So this can be an actually confusing uh, chapter. And so I think as we journey through this over the next several weeks uh, together, we're going to zero in on how God speaks uh, to his people. So first session of this, you know, as you've read through it, you know, you came prepared. And, and so here's the question. We do this, you know, we've been doing this for 20 weeks now. Um, you know the question by now. You could lead this group instead of me, and uh, you will be leading it in the future of, of people that you're going to disciple. So what's the one thing, as you were in God's Word this week, what's the one thing that you feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of dropped in your heart, nudged you a little bit? So George, why don't we just start with you? What's the one? Well, before I get to that point, I just can you guys believe it's been 20 weeks already? It's <laughs> 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 unbelievable. It was just uh, you know, and <laughs> it feels like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> well, when I camp, you know, and you guys are probably tired of me saying this, but this is my favorite chapter. I know every chapter I say that, but this one's <laughs> this one's definitely my favorite. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit revealed to me is that uh, um, I, I need to make time. All right. Um, in my busy life, uh, all, uh, being bombarded by everything, uh, I have to position myself and look for opportunities. Um, and I kind of look at it like my relationship. I've been married 40 years now, and we have a little policy where we try not to talk to one another in a separate room because you can't hear very well because the dishwasher's on and someone's speaking and say, well, I'm sorry, what was that? And so let's be intentional in our communication and get to the same room. And I liken that to being at church and worship because you could be outside in the lobby and worship could start and you're not positioning yourself to hear from the Lord because you're entering into worship late. So how, you know, that's where I'm going to, I'm looking at that saying, you know, I'm going to get to church early and get in and be positioned for worship as opposed to mm -hmm. letting worship transition me. I should be transitioned before I even get there. Mm -hmm. So, okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, and we'll, we'll come back to, so I would just simply, without saying, you know, essentially, so how do we hold you accountable to that, right? So what would you want us to do, George, if, if you, you know, aren't coming in on time, prepared, you know? I want one of these. Okay. <laughs> George. George. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. So. Okay, so that's the one thing yeah. for you. So, Tim. Um, you know, I was in my in this personal spiritual retreat this weekend, and um, and I was using this as trying to hear the voice of God, and and you know, asking God, where are you taking me? Where am Where are you leading me? And I wasn't hearing anything, and you know, it comes getting frustrated a little bit. Um, and then, you know, last week you shared that song, ever the Elevation Worship song, "Do It Again." Do it again. And um, I started going through my journal and looking at how many times God and how the different ways God has spoken to me, how I feel, believe God has spoken to me. Mm. And uh, it's interesting how, you know, going through some different difficult issues at work um, and seeing that 
you know, that song talking about faithfulness and how, you know, God, you've moved mountains before, do it again. And, you know, trusting in God. And, um, and so to me, it was just trusting in God's faithfulness. Um, and with these difficult issues at work, is just, you know, God will do it again. He's going to move that mountain. He's going to, um, you know, I just have to trust in him. And so I'm going to call a timeout here for one second. I don't know if you, so as facilitator, as discipler, I've got my antennas up. Do you hear a theme? So we haven't rehearsed this at all. This is, but there's a theme that's coming in that I'm beginning to pick up on. Have you picked up on it yet? George is going through a lot of stuff, a lot of transition, a lot of things going on in his life. Um, Tim, the same way, a lot of things happening at work right now. Going to go home and his office move. There's a lot of things happening. Heather shared, she, when she gets home, a lot of things happening at work. And, and so I'm just going, this is all I'm doing. Lord, what are, you, what are you saying to us maybe as a group together? And how, how is Tim possibly going to minister to Heather right now by what he just said? Lord, you're going to do it again, your faithfulness again. And I might be able to, if I'm taking notes, so I'm taking notes and listening. I think the discipleship, you, as the discipler, you should constantly be listening to the Holy Spirit and listening for what Jesus is saying through them possibly to each other, and just simply going, hey, did, did you hear what he just said of what God revealed to him? You might need to pay attention to that uh, as well. So I'm taking notes during this whole thing, and then what that does for me as discipler is not only point it out in the group, but then follow up later on on, okay, George, so um, I want to help hold you accountable to this. Um, some people in the group might be new to it, so they don't want to do that to George and you know do this. But I will, because he's given me permission in his life. So, okay, time back in. So, Tim, uh, that that song, Elevation Song, do yeah. do it again. And um, I would that's say, what God's speaking. yeah, that. And the other interesting thing is that, um, <clears throat> just again, some tough issues at work. And and I remind, I was reminded on how there'll be times when I won't know how to solve a project or, or address a project at work. And it's just interesting how God just drops something in, a solution. Because I know it's not me. I mean, I can do nothing on my own. I know it's, it's, it's God. And so um, it's interesting how that creative solution will just come into my mind. And that's what happened, you know, Monday morning. Um, just something creative came into my mind that I would have never thought about before. So, um, and that, you know, dealing with, um, there's a, the portion in our reading about how God has spoken in the scriptures to different individuals, you know, Abraham and Moses and on, you know, how we talked about and, and read about that. So it just reminded me about, you know, looking, on, looking back at how God has talked to me before to see, focus on how maybe he's going to use those same pathways or so same uh, methods to speak to me again. So, so then what, what do you think that means? So here, here's then the obedience question for Tim. It doesn't always have to be, so what are you going to do to obey that? You know, it's, so what do you think that means for you, man? What do you, you know, as, as an obedience point, as a, what, what do you feel like God's teaching you that you need to do? I think it's rely on him, trust in him. But also I have to test those things to see, did, did that really come from God or is that just coming from me or something else? That's good. So I, I would then take that maybe to spiritual mentors or 
uh, to spiritual friends that I have and say, you know, you know, hey, I got this thing. What do you think? Very good. All right. Jody, what about you? What's the one thing? Yeah. Um, on page 84, um, there's a line that said, when trouble comes, our tendency is to rely on our own wisdom and experiences instead of on God and his ways revealed in his word. And um, like I shared earlier, I just have, I, yesterday I listed out 16 of my friends that are um, processing a death or relational mess or sin mess or the myriad of other troubles that um, have come their way and a lot of them have come up to me um, and processed with me and um, I've noticed over time that I've taken it on but it seems way past my pay grade and um, slow, slowly inside I'm just feeling overwhelmed and burdened but I'm also talking to a lot of other people and I realized and I'm just finding myself exhausted, honestly. But it's not because of stuff in my own life. It's the stuff that's happening around me. And I've realized how often I've held on to it, like that it's my own. Um, and my, my pages of my journals don't reflect prayers for them. Um, I've realized that I've like talked to other people. Um, but I haven't talked to God or heard, listened to God on their behalf. Um, in this whole process, and so I think, um, I think it's just really kind of reminded me, um, kind of what my role is, um, and that it's not my job to fix it. Um, it's my job to stand with, but yeah, I'm trying to figure that out right now. So let me let me just call a timeout here because, so personally for you that you are uh, walking with, but so timeout here for a second. As she shared that, a question just popped into my head. I, I'm leading this group in front of all of you, and a question just popped into my head. I wonder how many of you are dealing with the same exact situation, trying to do it in your own strength. As you're discipling people, you're, you're absorbing all of their issues, and in your own wisdom, in your own way that you're trying to figure out, and you're carrying it. So maybe just a moment right here, if that's you, maybe you need to confess that, repent of that, and just say, you know what, Lord, I don't want to carry it. That person is yours. Their issues are yours. I can't fix them. I'm going to lead them to you. So I just, like that, that just popped into my heart, and that had, and I'm just wondering if that's you. So just maybe a little nudge. Uh, Time back in. Thank you for sharing that. And I bet you that there are many of us who um, deal with that. So let me ask you a question then. So what does that mean for you as you move forward in these relationships with these 16 friends? What does that practically mean that you're going to do different so that you don't carry that kind of thing? Um, I mean, one of the practical steps I was as I was processing yesterday of um, I think before I have permission to talk to somebody else, even though it'd be like a pastor or wise, you know, voice um, in my life, I don't have permission to talk to them until I have talked to God first and listened to them on on um, their behalf. So that's good. That's my next step. It's real good. Okay, Sonia. Well, um, I don't come from a faith tradition in which we talk about hearing the voice of God. Um, so when I first came across this chapter, it was unusual to me um, because it just it was not foreign, but just unusual. And um, 
you know, it's kind of like, okay, you, you find it in scripture, but that's it. And so, uh, so it's, it's something that I've always wrestled with a little bit. In Dave's teaching video, he asks, how do I know that it's God on the front end, right? When you get that little impression of the Holy Spirit in your heart, like learning to, to recognize it on the front end. And so I think that's something that I want to get better at because as I listened to his teaching video and he was explaining how hearing the voice of God is a lot of feeling those nudges of the Holy Spirit in your heart, you know, when you see someone in need or you see a situation and it becomes clear what needs to be done or, or that you should intervene in some way or you should go up and approach that person. Um, and some of you who know me... Have heard me share this before, but in the past, I thought I was just awesome. Like, <laughs> that I was really just a, a great reader of people and a great reader of situations, you know, that I was just a really amazing, awesome person, you know, that I just, I don't know, just extremely empathetic and, and uh, a, a great reader of situations. And then I studied a discipleship journey and I was like oh that was the Holy Spirit <laughs> and then I was taking the credit for it right on the back end but actually it was probably it was the Holy Spirit who was nudging me I just didn't wasn't operating in the fear of the Lord and I just like you know walked right up to the person and then took credit for it so um so I think there's a, there's a lot for me to learn in terms of now that I'm aware <laughs> that it's the nudging of the Holy Spirit and not the fact that I'm awesome, um, that I need to recognize it on the front end. Um, but in the, in the, in the scriptural part uh, that we were going through in the book, um, the, the parable of the sower is, is what we were going through. And I think for me, you know, we all want to be the fruitful ground right, the ground where the, the, the fruitful plant comes out of. Um, I've always seen myself as the one with the shallow heart, right, where I rely on my own experiences. That's my battle all the time. But I think for me this week as I was, I was, I was reading through that parable again and after having attended this conference, um, I, feel like, I feel like the hard heart, the first one, is me. Um, that that's the season I'm going through right now. Um, I was thinking about what Daniel M. shared from the stage on the first night about the degree to which a person is confessing things in their heart is the degree to which they're willing to share their faith, right? And the degree to which we are confessing in our own heart and asking for forgiveness is a degree to which we have tenderness in our own heart and we don't wrestle with that, with that sin of unbelief. Um, so I'm going to call a timeout right here. So real early on in our relational time you heard you heard her say i'm not at least this might this might be me out to lunch uh, you know the um i didn't sleep well last night whatever you want to say there it might be me um but she said something that caught my attention of she got emotional yesterday as she presented as she was doing all of that work as she has put so much into this week to get ready for the conference and the board meeting and what she just said about I feel like I've been the hard heart 
I'm just wondering, so here's, you know, I would say this to her privately. I wouldn't say this in front of the whole group, but being that we're in a teaching moment, a Holy Spirit timeout here, I would say, hey, Sonia, in a private conversation, I wonder if maybe there's a connection of why you're getting emotional here because of some of the, the hard heart, the dryness, the cracks in the you know, ground of what you just described to us in the group. I just wonder. You know, so I felt a nudge. I would ask it as a question, not as a thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's not my job. If it's really the Holy Spirit and it's not me having bad pizza the night before, I wonder if it would land in her heart to say, you know what, I've been doing a lot, but I haven't been spending time, so that's why I feel a little bit dry and cracked right now. So I just wonder. So, okay, time back in. There we go. Sonia, thank you. Yeah, so I think that um, uh, I think that that exercise of confession you know, and repentance needs to be stepped up in my life. And, um, and it's hard. It's, it's really hard. Um, because there's so many things right now that are going on in the world that grieve me. Mm-hmm. That I feel like are grieving God and I feel like I'm okay, it's okay for, to, for me to be outraged on behalf of God. Um, and, and so I think you feel like you don't have to confess it because it's okay for you to be outraged. Um, they're like a righteous anger associated with it. And so I don't want to become hard. And because the, the net, I mean, what this parable says is that the net of that is that I'm not going to hear the voice of God, right? Because it's not going to land. So if I want to be able to hear it on the front end, then my, my ground has to be ready to receive it. So, what, so, so know, my so my obedience point, my application point is right. is that is that in my time with the Lord, um, in addition to praying for the things that I I, I want to pray for, and, and in addition to the things that I um, that I'm reading in Scripture, that the the confession part, you know, needs to maybe take up some more time right now, um, even for things that I think are are righteous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Heather, what about you? What's your one thing? Yeah, so I I mean actually on page eighty one in the introduction, before we even get to the meat of the study, um second paragraph it says, As a father desires to share his heart with his children, so God longs to speak into our lives and share his heart with us. And there was something about that phrase that just as a father desires to speak to his children that just stopped me. Because, as I mentioned earlier, I've got all these decisions I have to make, all these hard conversations I've got waiting for me back home at work. And not just that, but the people that are looking to me for leadership have hard decisions to make and hard conversations to have. So I'm I'm just feeling all this weight. And what I realized is that um, God wants to speak to us as a father. Like, I've been listening to him for direction on all these issues, but I wonder if... I have been listening to him like I Google things or listening to him like I listen to Waze on my phone. Like, I'm just going to get information and decision and direction, and I've lost something of this relationship. So that just, as I was reading the introduction, that was the thing that just caused me to stop for just a moment. And um, 
yeah, just get into God's presence before even getting on to the rest of the chapter. I uh, I need to write that down. I listen to whom like I like I Google. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like you know give you go to answer. Google like give me the answer, yeah. and I I found that some of my prayers have been yeah. I'm here for the answer, not here for the relationship. Well, I mean, I think, I think there, there's two things. And as I kept reading, like, I stopped there for a moment. <laughs> uh-huh, that's the sure. of that. But then we get to the part about the parable of the sower and the different types of soil and different types of hearts. And I think I just realized my heart's very crowded right now. Like, because I was asking God, okay, is it a hard heart issue? Is it a shallow heart? Like, is there a place of unbelief that I need to confess or something like that? I was like, no, it's just very crowded. Like, there's a lot going on. And, and some of it's even good stuff. Some of it are they're things that God is called me to do, but I've allowed those things to be amplified above the voice of God. So I think it's just kind of asking God to clear those things out. But I think at the at the end of the day, it's like going all the way back to chapter one, where we talked about knowing God, and just going back to his character and asking, like, am I, like, the chief end of man is to know God and enjoy him forever. Like, am I enjoying God? Uh, and Dave's talked about that in so many of his sessions. Like, this is this is a relationship. And when I think about my daughter, like, I'm giving her lots of instruction. She's two and a half. So there's lots of instruction right now. But I don't want her just getting instruction from me. I want her getting heart in relationship and just realizing that's what God wants to. So I think for me, it's just spending some time meditating on who God is yeah. and making sure I'm enjoying him and not just looking for information. That's good. So I'm going to talk, call a timeout here for one second. So. Um, often what happens, I feel, in the discipler-disciple relationship is that uh, disciplers stop right there. So if you've noticed, I haven't shared a thing yet. Right? And I feel like sometimes in our discipleship relationships, we allow them to do all that and say, here's what you're supposed to do about all of those things. But as we've been talking about and what we're hearing about authenticity, you know, especially with uh, the 20-somethings that we might be discipling, is that, the, so what's God teaching me? So I should be going through this with them, and they should be hearing what it is that I am learning from the Lord. Um, so guys, time back in here, you know, as I, as I was going through this particular session and listening to Dave's videos and going over what we were supposed to read for this week. Here, here was my one, because, um, and I'll tell you why this was my one. Uh, several uh, months ago, somebody spoke something into my life, and I've just been chewing on the person of Joshua in the Scriptures. I've really been trying to figure out, okay, God, what does that mean for me? So, you know, as I'm reading on, and you, you'll see this in the um, manual, is that, you know, there's a whole set, looking up the following passages of Scripture and notice how God spoke to His people. So it literally takes you, you've got to read Genesis 1 through 3 to watch how God will speak to Adam and Eve. And it, so the point is in the parentheses, mm-hmm. right? Abraham, so Genesis 12, 1 through 3, we've got to read all of this Scripture to help us understand the character of God, the ways of God. And so as I was reading Joshua, right, this point where Joshua 1, 1 through 9, This is what, you know, essentially it says, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. And then he said these words, and this is what, this is my one. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
they call me the crying pastor in Pittsburgh. So, um, <laughs> so sometimes, um, sometimes I wonder if God forgets about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm constantly trying to remember, and I'm and I'm starting to feel like, man, even as a pastor shepherd. I'm not doing a good job of remembering and not forsaking people because I am busy, busier than I should. So I'm going to go home from this conference and I'm going to have a new office because I just hired five brand new people. I'm going to be so busy and I don't want to forget anything. But the thing that I need to lead these people to is what God has led me to, that he's never going to leave me. Um, I need to lead them to Jesus in that same way. And so I just, in this process of hearing the voice of God, studying how God spoke to Joshua. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's just something that God just lodged into my heart that was a teaching point for me um, as I studied to get ready for this time uh, here today. And so I think by way of an action point uh, for me is that um, I just need to give you guys permission that if you hear me start saying like, oh, woe is me. I'm so busy, man. i just driving home hey, it would be extremely helpful for me if you would just remind me that, hey, it's not about all the business of God. It's sitting at his feet. Mm-hmm. He's not forgot about you. He's, you know. And so, um, so this, this then would be the point. So we're kind of wrapping this up. And the way that I then would um, kind of close our group would be, so, and we don't have to do this here, but just I, I want to show you kind of how I would close my group out uh, with a group of guys at Eaton Park. So we would go around and I would just say, okay, then what's the one thing that I can pray for you? And what might come out might be a little bit different than their action point. Um, and so if I'm getting, you know, what's one thing that I could pray for you? And I'm taking notes as the discipler. Uh, and, I, and I always tell, hey, I'm not, I'm not texting. I'm actually <laughs> writing down what you're telling me. And uh, how can we, how can I pray for you? And then I'll ask them, because you might have some people who have never prayed in a group before. Sure. So, hey, Tim, would you close us in a word of prayer? And you see him get nervous, but he knows it's a safe group, right? And he begins to practice uh, praying in front of people. And, pray, and then I can help with that, you know, kind of thing. So, guys, thank you um, for participating in this. And, and come. I know you have a lot on your plate, uh, but you came ready and prepared. And so, um, thank you for that. And so. Can we just give these guys a hand? Well, good. Um, so, as I, as I kind of just close this down, one of the things that I think is most impactful uh, as a disciple, and see how easy that was? I'm asking two questions. And they're out now walking out. But here for me is that I did some active listening while taking notes in the group. And now my job outside of that 75-minute, you know, time together, is to follow up. You know, discipleship doesn't, hap- doesn't end when the group time ends. I really believe that that's the starting point of when discipleship is really going to get going. Because then for me, my job is to follow up and to say, okay, George, did you show up on time? So what's your plan this week? I might put it into my phone to text George uh, at 7.45 in the morning, you know, on Sunday morning and say, get in there early. Love you. <laughs> right? And that's it. 
But what that speaks to him is, wow, he actually paid attention, right? And following up in that way. So, hey, Heather, you've got some reorg going on. You've got some things that are happening at, at National Community. How's that going for you, right? I'll just put that little note in my phone. It's really important as you're, as you're listening for what the Holy Spirit might be saying in your setting of that day, the, the impact of that might not land until two weeks of your follow-up in that discipleship process. What they share here might three weeks land away when you follow up uh, with them. So thank you, everybody. So we're just going to maybe start some time for Q&A uh, here. And so, yeah. What if you go through all the procedures you just mentioned, and yet you still have an individual in your group that completely almost ignores you? And it would be the kind thing to put him aside and say, I don't think this is the right time for him, but how do you handle that? So if a person is not obeying? I don't know if it's obeying is the right thing, but following the procedure of the course. So oh, oh, if I'm digging into your question, that they're not actually doing the work? Definitely. Okay. So that they're coming unprepared, you can tell that they're not in it. So I, I've actually had this uh, with some guys that... Um, you can tell that they're microwaving uh, the, the, instead of marinating on it. Um, and so what, what I've done in just a private setting is I, because I, the way that I start my groups is I set the bar really high. So I don't, I watch them for a while. If you've been with the track, I'm looking for fast people, faithful, available, servant-hearted, teachable. I've already observed that about them before I invite them to be a part of my group. And then if they're starting to kind of step off from that and not, I, I would approach that pastorally in a one-on-one -on -one coffee and just say, hey, what's going on? Everything okay? Because I've noticed that you're maybe not putting the work in. Is everything okay? And I might get to the root that would lead me to better discipleship of what's actually going on in their life and because I don't want to ruin relationship just because they're not coming prepared. So I would, I would go into that a little bit of, I don't want to assume that, there's some, that they're just not showing up pre prepared. There might be a reason why that would lead me into more conversation with them. But if, if they're consistently and you've gotten to their heart, I would just lovingly, and this is what you know, kind of Dave has taught me, listen, um, I can just tell you're not putting it in. You're not putting in the time, and this might not be the time for you. You might be too busy, so maybe six months from now you might be ready once that project is work is, is done. Um, and so, hey, I'm just going to, I want you to know I love you, but I'm going to kind of release you from this and, um, and have conversation about that. But I've had to release guys from my group uh, because they were really um, not putting it in, putting in the time for it. This thing started out with six individuals, and if one drops out, do you replace that person in your group or, or finish out the program? So I personally uh, would not replace at that time uh, because you might, so let's just say we're in Chapter 5, and a per, you can just tell that's going to mess with the chemistry of the group So and the trust that's been built uh, over that. So just the, just the only thing I want to add is I want to encourage you if, you, if you use Discipleship Journey, don't just say, who'd like to do this? <clears throat> your, your success rate will be probably 40 to 50%. It'll be more like 70 to 80% or higher 
if you pray mm -hmm. about people and you go personally invite them. It, it works better that way. So don't just stand up and say, who would like to go through this? Pray about it. You go to them. Uh, in our setting at our church where Mike is at Grace Chapel, what we'll do is they know this is something that we offer. And it, so I put that out there like that. And so that's kind of the awareness piece, but it's up to them to choose it. So we've got guys like Mike and others who've helped lead groups like this, but it causes people to have to choose it. All right? And so I just want to encourage you to think about it like that. Invite people, and you, you'll find your success rate's more like 70, 80 plus percent versus in the 40 to 50 percent when you just say you all come. Good. Yeah, right here. So I have three questions. Three. Oh, wow. Okay. So the first one is, uh, okay, do you normally do it at the end? Do you share your, your story at the end of your conviction? or up front is because sometimes being authentic or, or being transparent when you set the tone for the group, sometimes it's, I don't know, I've seen it work where you, when you do it up front, it really helps the rest of them feel like, oh, okay, that's where he's coming from. So that's the first question. Well, let me repeat that because I'm not good when people ask multiple questions. I'm like, I'm horrible at that. So I'm going to repeat that for, um, so do you share what God has taught you up front in the small group, or do you always, you know, kind of wait to the end? Um, I think, you know, for me, uh, personally, I read, you know, because I'm okay with some silence, allowing some silence of, okay, you know, who's going to go first in this? Maybe early on, you know, in, as we're all getting used to each other and figuring out, I might share first so that people can know, okay, he's being vulnerable, he's being authentic uh, for that, and then they can follow the lead. Maybe, you know, 40 weeks in, I'm having somebody else lead that group so that mm -hmm. they can learn how to make disciples who make disciples, and I'm just a group participant at that point. Um, so if that helps answer the question. Second question, go Second for it. Second question is, uh, when Dave was holding Dave accountable for being on time, George. Yeah, George. 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 It's George back there. Yeah, George was late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when does it, when does it, what point is it when you realize that, hey, I'm discipling his behavior more than his heart? So the question is, when, when do you know, I know if I'm discipling his behavior more than his heart? Yeah, you're, are you on time? Are you on time? Or, hey, come, you know, send a text. And, but there's something else from a heart perspective that's really keeping him from being there on time, but you're trying to get him there on time. Yeah, you, you can answer this as well. Here, here's, what I, here's what I would do um, in a setting like that. If George keeps showing up late, he has a blind spot. And, and that's revealing a bit of his heart. He might not even realize that it, so in my particular setting um, of how I want to lead my men that are, you know, my disciples, you, you need to show up 15 <coughs> minutes early and ask the question, what can I do to help, to help grow their heart of serving? And if George keeps coming late, I'm going to reveal over a period of time that I, Say, George, I think that there might be something going on that, that you don't, you're not thinking about the other people in this group. You're only, and maybe there's something in your schedule 
that you might not be ready for this or, or something's going on, so let's talk about that. But I, here's my expectations. You would be here five minutes early. Um, and so then we'll continue that conversation. I don't think because a person might be showing up late, you know, if it becomes, you know, kind of a, a thing after and after all the time, then we're having the conversation of, dude, what's going on? You're disrespecting everybody in the group. And, it's, and the only thing I would add to that is whenever I see things like that, it's just another opportunity to disciple them in an area. Like when I was in Youth of the Mission, we had a guy named Barry, who several of us know here. Barry was actually here last year. And he grew up in Kauai, and when he roomed with Stanford, another Hawaiian guy, this was in, in the Big Island of Hawaii, um, Stanford roomed with him, and Stan would come to me and he'd go, Barry's a slob. <laughs> I'd say, what do you mean? Well, at the YWAM base, base on the weekends, like on Friday night, you'd go up and you would ha get your meal, but you'd also get your food for the weekend that you'd bring down to your room so that people didn't have to cook and clean up on the weekends. You kind of did your own thing. Well, Barry would take like the fresh hamburger meat and he would just bring it and he would set it on the sink, which was kind of the kitchen slash bathroom sink, and he didn't wrap it up. And so, you know, it, it, and so by the time Stan arrives three hours later, it's covered with ants. And that's their hamburger for the weekend. And Stan's like, no. And so I had to pull Barry aside and I said, Bear, what, what, talk to me. Like, because I know Stan did. So talk to me, like, what's behind this? And, and because of relationship, he said, you know, he said, I'm really embarrassed. He was like 19. He said, I'm really embarrassed to say this. I said, it's okay. Like, what's up? He said, my mom took care of me hand and foot. I don't know how to do this stuff. I said, okay. I can help you with that. Stan can help. Just thank you for telling us. So, you know, we lifted it off being embarrassment to actually equipping him. And you know what? He became a professional chef. <laughs> now, now, he's a, now he's a family life pastor at a church, and uh, but everybody knows him for the way that he fixes meals. So when I was speaking up there last fall, he fixed me a beautiful meal. You know, and but, and now George is a professional clockmaker. <laughs> amazing. So, so use it as an opportunity to further discipleship. Yeah. Last question. Last cool. question. Sorry, thanks for the time. Uh, when Sonia mentioned the, uh, about what is going on in her heart and you felt a nudge, and you said you would talk to her personally after that, hey, does this tie into the, the hardness you feel in your heart? You would have that. Suppose you had that nudge again with her on a subsequent session. The same nudge. I mean, what point does it become your opinion versus the Holy Spirit prompting you? Kind of like, when do you feel like, oh, am I really taking this because this is how I feel about it versus what the Holy Spirit is prompting me to talk to her about it? Yeah, that, that is a great question. So how, how do you discern, I'm just repeating for, um, how do you discern uh, after a while, if it keeps coming up, if that's my opinion versus the Holy Spirit actually prompting. Um, if you can answer that question, you need to write the book on it. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I, I honestly, I, with that particular case, if the Lord would, three weeks from now, bring that same thing up, and um, I would just simply, I, I would not bring up any more, hey, I felt that nudge. I felt it, it was just, how are you doing with that? Right? That it's it's the question of if if I sense from the Lord or maybe if it, even just opinion, 
she's given me permission to speak into her life. And so just a very opening question like that. Hey, with what we talked about three weeks ago, just wanted to check in. How are you? Doing with that, you know, of hard heart, you know, because that's not something that fixes overnight. So a month has gone by and how are you? And, and who knows what the Lord might do uh, in that because I, I may find out that, yeah, the Lord has been working on her big time. And, and um, so... Yeah. I, that's how I would approach it. Yeah. So, okay, question so, here. The same situation where you said that you wanted to pause and you were going to talk to her later, dig into that later. Yeah. Why wouldn't you dig into that in front of the rest of the group? So, there's sometimes where I think you have to be careful. So, I, I felt like she was, and, and because I know Sonia and because, you know, we're here in a teaching setting like this. Um, I think when a person reveals some deep things of the heart and they stop, there's probably a reason why in a setting like that. And that I, I just feel like sometimes conversation happens better with just one-on-one um, before I bring that up in a group. Um, because there might be some really deep things in here that, so let's just say we're go- only going for 20 weeks. And she might not trust people into that particular dark. If she's saying that, you know, I feel like a hard heart is forming, there might be something that God is conjuring up that's really dirty and really messy that she might not trust the group just yet. But because she might trust me and has given permission to me in that setting, that a one-on-one conversation might be a little bit better um, in that. So... Sometimes I would say, you know, I just say, yeah, you've brought that up three weeks in a row now, you know, and so let's talk that out as a group, you know, what what God might be teaching. But I just, you know, in something like that, a vulnerable, you know, place, I might do it better one-on-one. And and a lot of it is discerning that. Like if, if you guys weren't here and that was a real group, they would, Sonia would share it because she knows these people. Okay, so, um, but there's those times that, I think as Ken said, you, you have to read it and realize that, because I've been in situations where it's like as they start going there, I can tell they're about ready to go there and they're even open to going there, but I know this will A, derail the group for mm-hmm. the night, mm-hmm. and B, it's better for her to share that really dark abuse that happened to her maybe privately with a couple of people versus right now. So sometimes it's about, and it's not stifling the person, but it's about choosing their highest good. What's the best setting for them? And if it's a group like what you saw here, and you guys weren't here, and this group was finishing this meeting that Kent was leaving, these people know each other enough that they could unzip their souls. So a lot of it is just discernment of where's our group at? Is this person comfortable? But like Kent says is key, if they stop, if they stop, and don't go on with it, then that's kind of, don't, don't push. Don't say, so keep going, you know, because then that, that might be putting them on a spot. Yeah. 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 Okay, last question, and then we got, we got to go. Awesome. Um, I actually have four. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Parable of the soils here. We're only going to take a good one. I love how you talked about uh, remembering their applications and texting or calling them. Um, but after two weeks, you'll have, you know, 12 application things to remember. So at what point do you let some drop off? Um, how do you decide uh, what things to remember to kind of talk to them about and uh, keep track of? 
That's good. So to repeat the question, uh, maybe it was picked up here, but um, when, when do you know the timing to let, you know, a here's my one thing, here's what I'm going to do, you might be 20 weeks in, how, how do you let those drop? Well, I, I would keep it within that particular um, uh, session. So I, I'll follow up you know, a couple times. If I hear a common thread throughout a person, and so you know, one particular guy that, that I led through, and it was um, you know, everything was weaved through his divorce. And so I knew this is the area that I'm going to have to keep bringing um, in accountability and friendship and love with this particular guy. Um, so I have in my little notes that I keep in my discipleship groups um, kind of the major threads that I'm hearing. Those are the things that throughout the journey that I keep coming back to in that person's life. Um, maybe one time or another, because, you know, and, and something as easy as George doing this, I can do that every week. You know, just when I see it, I, hey, buddy, what's up? And then it, my sort of style is I, be, I begin to joke. You know, you know, with George of like, dude, you, you told me, hey, everybody, George is on time. You know, and I just, you know, start doing that kind of thing with George because we can now have that relationship. But with each week, I might jot it down in my phone, but then I'm looking for the major threads to keep following up a month, two months, six months out. So Good. I know I know the several of you have other questions. We'll hang out here for a few minutes. You're welcome to talk to us. Thank you, Ken. Mm-hmm. Great job. You've been listening to the Disciple Makers podcast. The message you heard was from LionShare's track at the National Disciple Making Forum. Make sure to download the free PDF called The Process of Transformation. Download this at discipleship.org slash lionshare. You'll find dozens of other great discipleship resources at discipleship.org as well. May the Lord bless you as you seek to grow as a disciple maker.